You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today, we have a special guest missionary with us. Let's prepare our hearts as our guest missionary brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Well, good evening, church. I hope you've had a good day, and uh, thank you for your faithfulness uh, being here tonight. And uh, I, I know that you've worked hard today and at your normal job and what you do in your normal weekly schedule. And so it certainly is a blessing to see you here tonight. I'm certainly grateful for that. I would like to take just a moment to thank the church for the, uh, for the accommodations uh, for myself and my wife and my daughter. And they're certainly comfortable and we're certainly grateful uh, for the way that uh, uh, the way that the church has given in this manner, so that we could be comfortable, it is a blessing, and I thank you for that. Uh, it's been good to have fellowship with uh, uh, with Pastor White, and of course with uh, with Ben, and we, we spent some time with Ben today, and and had uh, had some time with him, and we talked about you know stuff that preachers talk about, you know, just leadership stuff and. And that kind of thing, and we had a we had a wonderful time, and so I'm certainly grateful for that uh, for that opportunity. I want you to take your Bibles tonight and turn to the book of Second Corinthians, chapter ten. And tonight um, we're going to look at some practical things. If you take notes, and I see that a lot of you do, and that's good that I'm going to ask you to take notes tonight. If you don't take notes, then you may want to jot some of these things down because I'm going to give you some principles tonight, and I'm going to give you four of them, and we'll look at that here in just a moment, that are essential for us in this matter of, uh, of giving. Now, I know uh, that this is Monday night, and I know that on... Uh, sometime this next weekend, maybe Sunday, there's a harvest banquet. Is it Sunday? And it is at that time that you will, um, that you will submit. Do you use Faith Promise cards? Uh, Faith Promise cards, or however you do that, you will submit that and you will commit to that individually in your giving. And so when... Um, when, when we do that, of course, I, I encourage our church to pray a long time in advance before we start, and I'm sure that your pastor has done something similar. Uh, and so I'm encouraging you tonight to do this as we look at these four principles, continue to pray about what God would have you do and, uh, and, and what God would have you give in moving forward in this, uh, in this thing called missions. Very important. We heard a good testimony tonight of, of uh, unfortunately, I wish, I wish in many cases we didn't have to talk about money. I, I don't like talking about money. I, I just wish the ministry would happen. Uh, but, but we have to talk about it. And when we talk about it, we have to do it from a biblical perspective. And so that's what I want to do tonight. And, uh, and we'll look at that here in just a few moments. So, look in your Bibles in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 and look in verse number 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 12. 
the Bible says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number, or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves, and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. Boy, that's a sermon in and of itself, isn't it? And the Bible is teaching us that we should not compare ourselves with each other, uh, because if I compare myself to you, you might be better than me. Uh, and uh, if, if I compare myself to you, I might be better than you. And we shouldn't compare ourselves to each other because God made us unique. And the truth is, we should compare ourselves to Christ because He is our example. Amen? So look in verse 13. But we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reach not unto you. For we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ. Notice that. Paul is saying we've come this far to you, church at Corinth, preaching the gospel of Christ. Verse 15. Not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased, that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand. Notice in verse 16, he uses this phrase, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. And I'm preaching on that subject tonight, and I'm going to show you what the Apostle Paul meant by that from this text. Our Father, speak to our hearts tonight. Thank you for the wonderful testimony and burden, Lord, for Brazil. And thank you, Father, for this, uh, this uh, missionary that's here tonight. So grateful for that. And Lord, there's millions around the world that need to be saved. Thank you for the burden that you've placed in his heart. And Father, I pray as we look at these principles tonight that you would speak to our hearts and give us exactly what we need. Would you tonight anoint me afresh and anew? I need your power. I pray that you'd give me clearness of thinking. I pray tonight that, Lord, as you speak to me and through me, speak to the hearts of people. If you don't meet with us tonight, then, Father, we might as well not be here. Would you tonight meet with us? We desire thy presence. And as your preacher, I, I step aside and ask you for a fresh anointing. Use the preaching to challenge our hearts in this matter of giving. In Jesus' name, amen. Hudson Taylor, who was the founder of the China Inland Missions, ministered in China for 51 years. It is said that he brought 800 missionaries to China. It is said that he began 125 schools. It is estimated that in the course of his ministry that he had over 18,000 converts. Hudson Taylor made this statement, and I quote, God's work, 
done in God's way will never lack God's supply. Hudson Taylor believed a lot of things, but one of the things that he believed is in verse 16, he wanted to preach the gospel in the regions beyond. William Carey, who is known as the father of modern missions, an English Baptist missionary, he said this, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. William Carey had a desire, and the desire that William Carey had was in verse number 16, and that was to preach the gospel to the regions beyond. Jim Elliott, a missionary martyr who lost his life in the, in the late 1950s trying to reach the Indians in Ecuador, he said this, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Jim Elliott had a desire, and the desire that Jim Elliott had was to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. Let's take a test. I said earlier this week, God enables us to give in three ways. He enables us to give, number one, help me church, number one, our time. He enables us to give of our time. Number two, He enables us to give of our, our talents. And number three, He enables us to give of our... And tonight, the preaching and the sermon has to do with this matter of the giving of our treasure. And I'm going to make four statements. It will not be too long tonight. I'm going to give you four statements concerning the matter of giving. And I want you to write these statements down. Here's the first statement. The Scripture teaches four principles for serving God through the giving of our treasure. The Scripture teaches four principles for serving God through the giving of our treasure. Now, let me share with you what those four principles are concerning the giving of our treasure. The first principle that we find in Holy Writ is the principle of tithing. That is the first one. Now, we can take tithing all the way back into the Old Testament. And for the sake of time, if you'll just take your Bible for a moment and go back to the book of Leviticus, and let me show you something about this matter of tithing. Leviticus chapter number 27, back in, uh, back in Bible days, they, they uh, did not often, uh, most of the time, and of course in the Old Testament times especially, they did not have money, they did not have currency. I sat and talked with your pastor this week, and, and uh, he shared with me some things concerning the Philippines, and, and uh, I think he, he shared with me uh, a trip to Haiti and how that the people there in Haiti, when he went there, and it may not have been Haiti, I can't remember, 
but he said that when they, when they came to church, they came to church and they brought their tithe, right? But their tithe wasn't money. It may have been eggs. It may have been a chicken, right? Well, that's the way it was in Old Testament times. You're in the book of Leviticus. Look what the Bible says in the book of Leviticus, chapter 27, verse number 30. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. So the tithe here of the land, whether the seed of the land, that would be things that you might plant that, uh, that would grow, maybe corn, uh, they are instructed by God in this passage to tithe on that. If it was fruit, something that they had grown, they were instructed that they were supposed to tithe on that. If you look at the next verse, he, uh, he says, uh, and he's teaching them that if you miss the tithe, then you owe that tithe, plus you owe on top of that tithe. Ooh, look at the next verse. And if a man will at all redeem aught of his tithes, he shall add thereto the fifth part thereof. Wow. Verse 32, he talks about the tithe of the, the herd or the flock. And he talks about that which, and if you look in verse 32, and for the sake of time I'm just skimming through this, he says in verse 32, Even of whatsoever passeth under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. So they would, they would take their sheep or their, or their cattle and they would line their cattle up. And the, the, the person who was in charge of that, he would have his rod. And, and that cattle would begin to come through and he would count one. The next one would come through, two. All the way up to ten. And the tenth one was a tithe unto the Lord. Now, wait a minute. What if, that, what if that herder, that cattle farmer, he hit that tenth one and he said, man, that's a pretty good one. I don't know if I want to give that one or not. Man, that's, that one. Whew, can, can we recount? No, that's not the way that it worked. You say, you say Pastor, how do you know that's not the way that it worked? Well, because that's what the book of Leviticus says. Look, at, look back there and look at verse 33. He shall not search whether it be good or bad, neither shall he change it. And if he change it at all, then both it and the change thereof shall be holy. So if you change it, God gets the one that you changed and he gets the one that's rightfully his. Wow. You thought you had it bad. Amen? As we progress in this matter of tithing, and we're not going to look at all these verses tonight, we find that one of the scriptural principles concerning the matter of giving is this matter of tithing. We find this also in Deuteronomy chapter 14 and verse 22. We won't turn there. We find it in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. And so we see this matter of tithing. So if a person, I just want to make sure we're clear on this. So if a person in the course of a week makes $500, dollars, 
How much of it belongs to God? <laughs> Good, I was trying to trip you up there. <clears throat> All of it belongs to God, right? But how much does he ask, to, ask us to give for a tithe? 10%, which is $50. I've sat with uh, and counseled people before, and uh, I'm not saying this is the case in every case, because I know it's not. So don't misunderstand me. I've had, I've had couples say to me, Pastor, we're just, we're just struggling financially. We struggled financially when we were young. I mean, when I was in college, we were so poor, our kitchen table only had two legs. I mean, that's how poor we were. We had a cinder block up against the, the leaf of the table we had taken out and shoved it up against the wall and put a cinder block there, and that was the other two legs of our table. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But when I'm counseling people and they say, Pastor, we're struggling financially, the first question I ask as their pastor is this, are you tithing? Because why would God trust you with $1,000 if you're not doing what he asked you to do with $500? Does that make sense? And so this is the... This is the principle of tithing. So that's the first way that the Scripture teaches us that we are to give through the giving of our treasure. This is, and I'm not preaching on tithing tonight, I'm trying to get to this other passage. This is, this is, um, this is a command. This is not something that we have to pray about. This is something that God has laid down in Scripture, throughout Scripture. If we had time tonight, we could compare Scripture with Scripture and go all the way through the New Testament, and, and we could do that, but we're not going to do that tonight, but that is one of the ways, tithing. The second way is this. The second way that the Scripture teaches concerning this principle uh, for serving God through the giving of our treasure is offerings. Offerings. Now, don't turn there for the sake of time, but in Malachi chapter 3, Verses 8 through 10, the Bible talks about two things. The Bible talks about the tithe, and the Bible talks about offering. All right? You say, Pastor, what is an offering? Well, a tithe is 10%. An offering, get the truth now, an offering is what we are willing to part with over and above that tithe. What we do at our church is, uh, is similar to what you do on Sunday with your children, with your faith promise, uh, having the children come up. We have, a, we have a jug, a water jug, just a five-gallon water jug that I set on the steps inside the church building. During our Sunday school hour, uh, we collect our missions offering and our Sunday school offering, and I have our people, I say to our people, if you've got a nickel, dime, quarter, dollar, or... That million-dollar bill, if you'll hold it up, then our children will come along and collect it. And our children go through, and they collect all the money, and they bring it down and put it in the jug. That is an offering. So there's a difference between our tithe and our offering. The first way that, uh, that we serve the Lord through the giving of our treasures is through our tithe. The second way is through our offering. That is 
what we are willing to part with. All right? Now go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Second Corinthians chapter 8. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, the Apostle Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, is pinning these words from Macedonia. And he's pinning these words to the church at Corinth. And in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, he is admonishing them and exhorting them concerning giving. But he's not talking about the tithe. He's talking about something extra. If you study the passage of Scripture, what you're going to find out is you're going to find out that about a year prior to the pinning of 2 Corinthians that we have today in Holy Writ, the church at Corinth, they committed to giving to the church at Jerusalem. They committed to giving to the church at Jerusalem, and it was so stated that the Apostle Paul said that the commitment of their giving had exhorted many others to give. You say, where is that at? Well, look in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 2, For I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked many. So a year ago, the church at Corinth had committed to giving to the church at Jerusalem. As of this writing, as Paul was writing this by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the church at Corinth had not given what they had committed to giving yet. The Apostle Paul is making the statement that what he's asking of them is not a command. We know that because if you look in chapter 8 and verse number 8, he says, I speak not by commandment. And so this isn't a command. This was something that they had agreed to do. He says in verse number 10 of chapter 8, and herein, I give my advice. So let me advise you, church at Corinth, to, uh, uh, to give what you had committed to, uh, to give. And he says this. He says, the church of Macedonia, or the churches of Macedonia, had already given what they had committed to give, and now we are anticipating that church at Corinth, you will now give, what you had committed to give. I said there's four ways, with that in mind, there's four ways that we serve God through the giving of our treasure. Tithing, offerings, and the third one is this, sacrificial giving. Sacrificial giving. You say, Pastor, where do we see that? In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and verse number 1, the Apostle Paul is talking about the churches of Macedonia and how that they gave. 
and he's trying to encourage the church at Corinth to give. Look what he says in chapter 8, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. In other words, even though they did not have much, they were very liberal in what they were giving, uh, and this is what he is saying about the churches of Macedonia. He goes a little bit farther, and he makes this statement in verse number 3, for to their power. That is the sacrificial giving. So whatever it was that they had, for to their power, they gave that. This is sacrificial giving from these poor people of the churches of Macedonia. That is the third way concerning this matter of giving. It is sacrificial giving. This giving requires that you and I <laughs> would sacrifice something. It may be that in order to do more of what God has instructed us to do, we may have to sacrifice a meal at McDonald's, right? It may be that we might have to sacrifice the purchase of a new television. It may be that instead of buying a new car, God would instruct us to buy a used car and take that money that would be left over and give it towards missions. That is what is known as sacrificial giving. I remember back in the 1970s, I don't remember, I heard stories back in the 1970s. Back in the 1970s, I was just a young fella. And I remember back in the 1970s, I heard stories of, of uh, independent Baptist churches and how that they were growing and the largest churches uh, around the country in each state just about were independent fundamental Baptist churches. And I remember Dr. Scotty Drake, who ordained me many years ago, uh, who, who built the, uh, the largest work, the fastest growing work in the, state of Tampa, uh, in the state of Florida, in the city of Tampa. I remember him telling a story about the offering plate being passed around one night. And when the offering plate was being passed around one night, they, they were trying to raise money for some things. And as they passed the offering plate around, people would take off their gold rings. And they'd put their gold rings in the offering plate. They would take off the Rolex watches. And they would put their Rolex watches in the offering plate. Why? Because they understood this matter of sacrificial giving. That's the third type of giving. The fourth type of giving, we find in verse number three, look at it, for to their power I bear record, Yea, and notice this phrase, beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. This phrase, beyond their power, meant that they simply trusted and had faith that if God would send the money in, they would send the money out. It had nothing to do with how much money they had in their account. It had nothing to do with how much money that they had planned on coming in, 
But if God, this is, this is, this is God supplying the need and us trusting him by faith. These are the four ways that the Bible teaches us concerning the matter of the giving of our treasure. In this matter of faith, they gave beyond their power. They believed that God had an unlimited capacity and was able to supply unlimitlessly. Now that's faith. And those are the four principles concerning this matter of the giving of our treasure. And that's how God works in this matter. The Bible says, and the Bible teaches us this, and this is number two, statement two. Statement two is this. Statement one is the, the Scripture teaches four principles through serving God, through the giving of our treasure. Statement number two is this. In this case, <laughs> you must ask the Lord what He would have you do. Right? Say, so how do we know that? We'll look in verse number four. Praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift. So, this is a matter of serious prayer. So if you pray, and as you're praying concerning this matter of faith promise, some churches call it grace giving. As you're praying concerning this matter of faith promise, then this should be a matter of serious prayer. And if God tells you to give $20 a week, then give $20 a week. If God tells you to give $10 a week, then you give $10. Now, once again, let me clarify that. We're not talking about our tithes and offerings. This is separate. This is our faith promise mission. This is a matter of prayer. Munch entreaty. Statement number three. Statement number three is this. You must give of yourself first. Look in verse 5. In this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. So before they gave to their power and before they gave beyond their power, they first gave of themselves. Um, so, before we decide what we're going to give to Faith Promise Missions, we've got to give of ourselves. We've got to get in the offering plate. Does that make sense? That's the principle of faith promise mission giving. 
They gave of their selves. The fourth statement is this. I like this. God takes whatever we have and He multiplies it. <laughs> I don't understand it. But if I understood it, it wouldn't be faith. I don't understand how God meets the needs of our ministry. It doesn't, it just, pastor, it just doesn't compute. In the profit and loss, if you're a business person, in the profit and loss statement, it doesn't make any sense. But God takes what we give and he multiplies it. Preacher, it's insignificant what I give. No. God takes what you give and he multiplies it. As you're praying this week and God, God gives you a number and all of us are different, all of us are at different income levels and all of us are at different uh, uh, situations economically in our life. But as you pray and, and whatever God says to do, if God says to give $1,000 a week, then, then I've got news for you. If you don't give $1,000 a week and God tells you to, you're going to be miserable. <laughs> this is a spiritual matter. All throughout the scripture, we see this matter of God taking something that is given and multiplying it. You remember in 1 Kings chapter 17, and I'm closing, 1 Kings chapter 17, uh, Elijah and there with the widow's barrel and how the widow's barrel continued to produce the meal. God took what that widow woman had and multiplied it and was able to sustain Elijah in John chapter 6, uh, verses 9 through 13. And in other places, we see the story of the loaves and the fishes and how God took the loaves and the fishes from this little lad, something that probably people would just walk by and think would be insignificant, but God took what he had, and when God took what he had, hey, he multiplied it, and many were blessed. And there was left over. Why? Because somebody gave, and God was able to take what somebody gave and to multiply it. All right. Why? Go back to our original text in 2 uh, uh, Corinthians chapter 10 for a moment. The Apostle Paul had a desire, and here was the desire. The desire was to, remember I said earlier in the week, chapters 8, 9, and 10, they all go together. And the Apostle Paul's desire was to preach the gospel in the regions beyond the people at Corinth. Notice in verse number 12, he uses the word we. You see that, for we? In verse 13, he uses the word we, but we. In verse 14, he uses the word we, for we. In the middle part of that verse, as though we, 
And then he says the word we again. But when he comes down to this matter in verse number 15, he says, church at Corinth, when your faith is increased, he says, then I will be able to preach the gospel to the regions beyond. That's what he's saying. So as we progress through this week, I want to challenge you to increase your faith. And there's a lot of examples. Peter walked on the water, didn't he? As long as he kept his eyes on Christ, he was walking on the water. But he wasn't able to walk on the water until he got out of the boat. And maybe this is your week. Maybe this is your week where you get out of the boat. Why? Because there's people that need to be saved. There are missionaries that have sacrificed and have given much. You know the story of William Borden, heir to the Borden family fortune. At age 16, William Borden, for a high school graduation present, was given a trip around the world. In the midst of this trip around the world, he wrote back to his family, and he said to his family, very wealthy family, the, the Bordens. He wrote back to his family and he said to his family, I think that God wants me to be a missionary. His friend said to him upon hearing this, you're throwing away your life as a missionary. William Borden, he opened his Bible and in the front of his Bible, he wrote two words, no reserves. He went to Yale University and was a wonderful testimony at Yale and developed a, a, a missionary club and, and reached many with the gospel. And when he graduated from Yale University, he turned down many high-paying jobs, jobs of course, he was rich already because of his family, but he turned down all these high-paying jobs and, and things that would have made him very successful. And when he turned down those jobs, he wrote in his Bible, no retreats. He wanted to be a missionary. He went on to do graduate work at Princeton Seminary in New Jersey, when he finished his studies at Princeton, he sailed to China. Because he was hoping there to work with the Muslims, he stopped first in Egypt to study Arabic. And while he was there in Egypt, he contracted spinal meningitis. And within a month, 25-year-old William Borden was dead. When the news of William Borden's death was cabled back to the United States, the story was carried by nearly every newspaper. A wave of sorrow went around the world. 
they thought, boy, what a waste, this missionary. Prior to Borden's death, sometime before he died, he opened the back of his Bible and underneath the words, no reserves, and underneath the words, no retreats, he wrote these two words, no regrets. Here was someone who gave his life. God may not ever call some of us to the mission field because not everyone can go to the mission field. But we can increase our faith so that others can preach the gospel in the regions beyond. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.